Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you are interested in sponsoring Last Word on Spurs, please get in touch with us directly at our email address, lastwordonspurs at outlook.com. That's lastwordonspurs at outlook.com. We look forward to hearing from you. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain, and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Here's Lucas Moura. Oh, they done it! I cannot believe it! Lucas Moura with the last kick of the game! We are Jennings, Defoe, and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blanchflower, Ardelis, and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do. 
Hello and welcome to the last word on Spurs. We do hope you're keeping very, very safe and well. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're listening to the show for the first time and where have you been? We're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're across all major audio platforms. We're, of course, on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram too. And look, it is Transfers Wednesday here on Last Word on Spurs, which means we bring back a man that's been here for the last, go five, six years, always bringing us reliable information on all things Tottenham. We're delighted to have him back on Last Word on Spurs. We've got the brilliant news editor, Sky Sports' very own journalist. We've got the wonderful Lyle Thomas back with us. Lyle. Love to be back on Last One Spurs. Hello, How are you, mate. How are you? Yeah, yeah. Pleasure to be here. It's getting familiar, isn't it, now? It is indeed, mate. It is indeed. We're, everyone have known this link-up partnership if they haven't been here for the last five, six years. Lol, what a, <laughs> what a, I say, busy summer it's been for Spurs so far. I know not everybody will be happy in terms of maybe, the apart from Madison, the quality coming in, which we'll come on to. But um, I think mm-hmm. before we get into all that, we always love to open up for any new viewers, new listeners, if you just want to give a bit of an outline as to the role you cover at Sky, and yeah. obviously how Spurs comes into that remit for you. Uh, so I'm the new, uh, news editor of Sky, um, one of the f- f- four news editors. Um, so I work on the news desk and uh, yeah, overseeing our news gathering processes. Um, obviously during the transfer window, that is all about transfers. So I usually step out of my role and um, yeah, and, and, and coordinate our transfer news gathering during the transfer window. So I'm sort of across everything. Um, but Tottenham is a club that I've you know covered as well for for many many years, as you know. That's why you and I were were brought together years and years ago. And um, yeah, I've just continued to to do that um, and and try to try to let you guys know what's going on, especially during the transfer window, because um, there's always so much fun and games at Tottenham and lots to say. So it's uh, they're always a good story. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's fair to say that Spurs is a club to cover. Um, you've had your fair share the last goal. I don't know how many years it's been now. Love a lot of managers. A lot of directors. Well, of yeah, I think mean, it's coming up to ten years almost. Really, I mean, I'll be next year. It will be ten years at Sky. So, um, yeah, it could. I think it's looking. Yeah, it's about ten years since I started doing stuff on Tottenham properly. Really. So, yeah, there you go. Ten years of Tottenham transfers. A lot There's a testimonial due there. there somewhere, Lyle, isn't yeah. it? My favourite one is still the picture of uh, George Kevin and Kudu in the uh, in the dressing room, like when nobody knew what was happening, and he's at, he was actually training there, like revealing that picture. I was very very satisfied and happy with that one. I don't know if any of your listeners will remember that? Maybe not. I'm sure they will. I mean, if anyone, if if you could sum up the last ten years, probably at Tottenham, that kind of sums it up, doesn't it? Really, we've had hits, we've had yeah, missing, we've had drama, we've had fun and games, and you've been there all along, all along yeah. the way. It's yeah, been yeah. crazy. It has been. Lol, you come on last one on Spurs. Yeah, another new manager for you to have to dissect and discuss on this show. Um, mm. We'll start from the very top and we'll work our way. Of course, there's lots to cover during this show. Spurs' centre-back search, of course, possible incomings, potential outgoings. And look, we will get, like I say, right from the very top. We've got a new manager to discuss as well, who, yeah. by all accounts, it seems behind the scenes are settling fairly well. We've heard some really good reports recently from the man. So we're going to get your thoughts on it. And Postacoglu, of course, appointed on a four-year deal earlier in the summer. Really keen to get your overall thoughts on the appointment. I feel like I've asked you about the last five managers, Lara, bless you. You've always been fairly positive when they've come in. But um, I'd love to know from you your thoughts on him, number one. And number two, how far you feel he was initially up Spurs' managerial shortlist at the time of the search? Well, I personally think, and, and well, yeah, I'm going to be positive again, mate, if I've, if I've been positive before. I think it's a really good appointment. I think it's a really exciting appointment, um, to be honest. I mean, certainly for the first point in terms of the way that he's going to play football. I mean, that's obviously been one of the major issues that Tottenham fans have had over the last couple of seasons. Obviously, the results, um, but mainly the way the team has played and and the style of football they've played has been, you know, 
really challenging to watch, especially for for Spurs fans who who you know who like to play you know more front foot attacking football. You don't like to play as prag- pragmatically as as people like Conte and Mourinho like to do. So they definitely brought a manager who will in who will do that. They brought a manager in who will look to dominate games, especially at home. And, you know, will look to press high up the pitch. Will look to keep a lot of the ball, make a lot of chances, make a lot of high quality chances in the box as well. Um, and you know, you only really need to look at and, and and read and listen to or speak to Celtic fans and how they feel about Postecoglou because. You know, on, on the one hand, they may have had a lot of managers over the years that have continued to win them trophies, but the one they speak of the most highly out of all of them is Postacoglu. You know, they, they they absolutely loved him up there. They loved the way that he played the game. They loved the way that he spoke to them through the media and in interviews and things like that. So, you know, he's he's a really interesting guy who's got a really interesting background from where he's come. Obviously, an, a bit of an unorthodox, you know, background having come through football in Asia and from Australia. Um, you know, people have had their doubts and, and, and will have their doubts for that reason because he doesn't have, you know, as, as a traditional pedigree, you might say, as a lot of managers do in Europe. But the fact of the matter is he's won everywhere he's been. He's won trophies everywhere he's been. And, and the one thing that I hear about him is that he has a winning mentality. He, he is a winner. He wants to win and he wants to win playing great style football at the same time. So I think there is a lot of for Spurs fans to be excited about. Um, and, and cautious, cautiously optimistic about really. Um, now, obviously, there's still quite a lot of work to do, which we'll come on to in terms of um, the squad and, and, and you know, rebalancing the squad and, and, and putting players in positions that that he he thinks are the right ones and, and getting a team together. And you know, that will happen over the next month or so through pre-season. But as going back to the start, of what I said, I think that there's a lot to be excited about. Um, with regards to your question on how high up he was on the list, I think he was always quite high, and I think he got higher and higher as the process went on. Um, I know a lot, a lot of things were said and written and reported about, you know, various different targets, various different managers that were either unattached or in other jobs that that Tottenham were linked with. Um, but the truth of the matter is that they went through a process. They went through a process of learning about people, learning about the managers, finding out as much information as they could. You know, not just whether they're interested in coming and how much it would cost and and that kind of thing, but how do they want to play football? How do they see Tottenham's situation? How do they see Tottenham, you know, getting back up into the into the Champions League places and re-establishing themselves as a competitive club at the top? And I think going through that process was where certain players, uh, sorry, certain managers, you know, were ruled out, and other managers were sort of became more. Um, prominent on the list. And I think that's what happened with Ange. I mean, uh, it wasn't just Tottenham that were interested in Ange. Chelsea had some interest in Ange as well. Um, but I think that, you know, obviously they went for for Arnie Slot and that didn't happen. And I think then very quickly, well, I know very quickly that, you know, that's when Ange very much came into play. And um, it was all, you know, I think re- relatively relatively straightforward once, that, especially once Celtic season was out of the way um, with regards to hiring him. So, you know, Ange is, um, has definitely been someone that Tottenham have had on their radar for a while, um, and I think I think I think Tottenham fans are going to like him. We hope so. I mean, I say I think already the couple of inches we've seen with him, he does leave that impression, that lasting impression that it's all about you know trying to create and a connection and unite the fan base. I think it's fair to say mm-hmm. that we all do feel the need for that. I think we uh, look. We've had managers that have been here that argue you'd say their profile has overshone 
the football club. If I put that in the most politest of ways. Mm-hmm. And I think we just need a manager that is arguably going to love the football club, make us fall back in love with the football, as you say, the brand of it, and ultimately kind of bring everybody together. I think mm-hmm. we all recognise that's not going to happen overnight. Hence mm-hmm. the nature of the fact that it's a four-year contract. Mm-hmm. It would be nice to feel that somebody can be of the long term, despite the fact of the age. Uh, you might argue, and I know many were kind of concerned about that. But listen, I think we've seen nowadays um, yeah, of how think, contracts last. Does it really yes. make a difference, Lowell? I think, well, I think that his, you mentioned what his biggest challenge is. His biggest challenge really is to get all those players together and all pulling in the right direction, in the same direction. Because I think that's what's been lacking from Tottenham for a while has been, you know, the emergence of, you know, cliques here and there in the dressing room and, and, and you know, sets of players not pulling in the same direction as others. And, you know, it's the, 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 the yeah, the, the togetherness has not really been there, has it? It's been there to see, you know, they've, they've, you only need to look at how they crumbled in certain games last year. It just wasn't there. So that's his biggest challenge. Um, but again, talking to people um, who know him, people that have worked with him at Celtic and, and, and other places before, they just talk about, um, you know, what a really infectious guy he is um, and, and a very charismatic guy. You know, he, 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 he has this knack for bringing people with him and taking people with him. I think you get that. There's a little documentary. I don't know if you've seen it on YouTube but that was made about his time with the Australia squad. And as much as those little documentaries are always, you know, sort of, I guess, you know, puff pieces to show how positive everything is and they never really show the negative sides of things. I think you, if you watch that, you can get a bit of an idea of what he's about. And he's a shrewd guy as well. You know, he's not going to be somebody who's going to modicoddle the players. He's not going to be someone who's going to, um, you know, just be, you know, laughing and joking and everybody's mate. No, he's he's not like that. I think he maintains a, a respectable distance. Um, and, you know, he I think he's been very good at towing that line between getting the players on side and bringing the players on side, but also making sure that they know who's in charge effectively at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Listen, I've watched a lot of these documentaries on him. I think what's quite fascinating is that despite the fact that he's not one, as you said, to kind of modicola players, hug and kiss them all over, he does seem to have a real good relationship with those with a lot of the players that he's obviously played with and they've also he's also managed. So it will yeah. be intriguing because again, we're seeing those familiar reports and all that when a new manager comes in, there's a very clear structure. Everybody seems to know their jobs, what they're doing. And then of course, as you know, towards the end of a managerial reign, we always hear the training's repetitive, it's boring, uh, there's a real lack of any real new freshness to it. So, I mean, do we pay much attention to the fact that at the moment, already from day one or day two from the non-internationals, that he seems to set out a really clear vision? Do you pay much attention to that at the moment? Uh, I think it's still early. It's still very early. I mean, they've only been back in training. What is it? You know, a, a week. Day? Well, yeah, less than a week. Uh, yeah, yeah, less yeah. than a week. So, you know, there's still a lot a lot to happen. But um, but like I said, you just, just having heard of what I've heard about him, and, and obviously having, you know, done a lot more homework on him in the last month or two since he came to Tottenham than I knew about him before. I mean, obviously I was, you know, aware of him and knew quite a lot about him and, and been, had been told about him actually quite a long, long time ago. You know, people have been telling me that you got to look out for this guy. You know, he, he might be managing over in Asia, but this guy's got, you know, something going for him. So, um, but from what I know about him, um, I think that he will be, he will make a good, good impact with the players. And um, I think that, that, you know, he will be able to pull them in, in, in the right direction. Um, yep. Those that want to go with him. And that's, um, I say, that, that's the most exciting thing. It should be exciting for Spurs. And he, yeah. I don't know what it is. He feels like a Tottenham manager. I don't know what it is. There's, there's something there as well that just feels. No, you're right. I, I, I do, I do agree. That, so I, mean, I totally agree. 
yeah. the brand, like you say, you referenced the brand of football is really important to him. And I think even already, uh, again, we can't go away from the fact we've heard only what a five minute interview. If you include both of them, the four minute one from the club channel and then the initial mm-hmm. one when he, was in, when he was appointed. And I think the most important thing he talks about, you know, having clear strategy, exciting brand of football. And I think from what we've yes. gone through over the last three and a half, four years with Mourinho and Conte, who don't get me wrong, in their own right, have won everything there is to win in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think ultimately you have to have a brand of football that is exciting. And I think now we do see with the managers that are progressive, the likes of Pep Guardiola, and you see, obviously, I don't, dare I say, even Mikel Arteta. And mm-hmm. again, Jurgen Klopp, those managers concentrate a lot more on what they're doing than the opposition. And I feel mm-hmm. Tottenham have to get back to that where the sole focus is, okay, what are we doing with the ball rather than yeah. worrying about what the opposition are doing? I think this man 100%. will definitely do that. Um, I'm intrigued. That's what Tottenham fans want to see, don't they? Especially at home. They want, they want their team to dominate the ball, yeah. to, you know, be creating lots of chances, exciting the fans. And, 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 and so they should. Absolutely. It feels one man, Lyle, that was quite pivotal to Postacoglu's arrival at Tottenham, or even his appointment, is that of the new chief footballing officer, Scott Munn, who has now officially started his job. He started it on July the 1st, of course, alongside Ange Postacoglu. I'm really keen to know if you do feel from your perspective he was crucial in that appointment. And secondly, if you feel with his appointment, Daniel Levy will take that step back from all footballing operations and allow Scott Munn to continue or to do the job that he's been brought in essentially to do? Yeah, I think that, I think we mentioned this before on previous podcasts. I think that, that, that there has been to a certain extent, um, Daniel Levy has been stepping away from, you know, hands-on day-to-day um, oversight and running of the technical side of the club. I think that's what, what he was looking to do when he brought in Fabio Paratici. Um, and I think Scott Munn to an extent is a continuation of that. Um, obviously, his role is not exactly the same. You know, he was brought in more above Paratici when Paratici was still there. Um, but I think that what's... I mean, I don't know too much about Scott Munn and his background. I don't know a lot um, about it. Again, I've been trying to you know brush up on him as much as possible, but he's a little bit more difficult to find out about because he's obviously been working, you know, behind the scenes and in the um, in the corridors of, of, um, of various clubs. So, um, but I think his, his remit is more sort of looking after... Uh, staff culture that kind of thing systems and and you know and, and setting up the structure of the technical side of the club um to be functional and again together and you know like any business really you know making sure that all the different departments are aligned and making sure that they're talking to each other and communicating properly and making sure that you know that good recruitment happens not just in the squad but also in terms of the staff you know, right through the training ground, right through the academy and the stadium and everywhere, I think, is 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 um is kind of his role um in a in a nutshell. Um I think he needs some help on the recruitment side of things. I think he would probably admit himself that that's not his forte. Um and obviously Spurs have been looking into, you know, bringing in a, a, a you know a sporting director kind um of person um in that role. But what I understand is that actually for the moment they've sort of taking the foot off the gas a little bit in trying to appoint somebody. Um, you know, they're not just going to want to bring anybody in. They're going to want to appoint the right person. And I think at the moment, what I know is they're actually quite happy, I think, to, to kick on with the way that way that it's going at the moment. I think from the recruitment that they've done so far, you could argue that it's actually going quite well. Um, so, you know, with a combination of the chief scout, um, Gavinini, who's highly thought yeah. of, mm. um, you know, I understand that, that Daniel Nevy likes him a lot. 
um, him and Scott and the manager and the manager's representatives as well. He's represented by CAA base, um, who are big agency in the world. who have got, you know, a very good network across the the football world. I think the combination of all those things and, and obviously the, you know, the, the, um, the other agents, the other experts, the other, the other um, consultants that, that, that Tottenham have and Daniel Levy had, I think that combination is is working quite well for them in terms of selecting the right players and being able to bring those players in. Um, and they've they've done that so far. Obviously, like you said um, earlier when we were chatting before, they've brought in. I mean, if you count if you count the permanent deals they've done for players already, I think it's five, isn't it? Yep, um, four or five. So um, yeah, that's what I understand to be the case in terms of that in terms of the recruitment setup at the moment. I think that it will carry on as it is, and they'll probably look at it again after the window maybe um look at how it's gone and look at whether actually bringing somebody else in in that role is what they need or actually whether you know they can continue doing it with the setup that they've um that they've got at the moment so just to be clear you would be very very unlikely that we see a director of football appointed between now and the end of this summer window yeah i'd be surprised i'd be surprised if we if we if we get somebody that imminent there's there's, there's nobody that i'm aware of that they're talking to right now and obviously okay. when you're in the middle of the window yep. it, it's all about getting things done and actually bringing in somebody now. I mean, I, it's very rare that you get a sporting director arrive mid-window. Yep. Um, you usually get somebody arrive just before um, or or afterwards. So, yeah, I'd be very, very surprised. They, they have been looking. They have talked to, talk to various people. Um, but I think that um, they just haven't found the right person. And, and I think that they're, they're looking to go with what 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 they've got at the moment and it's, it's all about alignment really you want to make sure that everybody's lined up right you want to make sure the manager and the board and any you know recruitment staff scouting statistical data analysis all that kind of thing you want that all to line up and then you want the ability once that's all lined up and you you selected the targets you want you want to make sure obviously that you've got the ability to go out and do those deals and Tottenham have got the ability to go out and do deals you know we know that it's not you know Daniel Levy's got the ability to do deals. Rebecca Cablehorn's got the ability to do deals, and also you know the, the 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 agents that they work with have also you know got the ability to do to do deals, and that and that is the way that it's been working at the moment. And um, it seems to be it seems to be working working well from what I can see. Yeah, I know as fans we're always going to want more. Naturally, I feel there's a sense of, of access that we're going to be coming on to definitely i think i say that's the feels like the main area spurs are going to be looking at now is a sense of back search i don't want to be covering that of course discussing other areas of the squad and um, we've mentioned that point obviously of course our spurs have wasted little time already in bringing in players to strengthen postacoglu's squad ahead of next season mm-hmm. um it is the four new signings at the moment as things stand if we are counting kulisevsky and of course pedro poro's uh release course being triggered we've also subsequently brought in of course uh, Julio Vicario from empoli along with, of course, James Madison, who's so far been the statement signing for Spurs for the summer. We hope he won't be the last statement, but I'm keen to know from you, before we discuss individual Spurs might be looking at to bring in, in addition to that, what have you made so far of Spurs' summer window in terms of those purchases? Um, good so far. Interesting. Pleasantly surprised, actually, especially where Madison is concerned. I think the Madison one was quite a key one. I think that that had to go right for them at the beginning of the window to set things up in a positive way. Um, you know, they really wanted to get him. Um, Ange Postacoglu, I understand, really wanted to get him. Um, and the club have had a long-term interest in him as well. You know, they've, they've known him for a long time. They've had the chance to sign him when he went to Norwich from Coventry. They had the chance to sign him when he went to Leicester from Norwich. And it, I think they just didn't feel that he was quite there yet. Um, and obviously now that they do, there they feel that he's absolutely in the right place at the right time for them to come in. 
And obviously Newcastle were interested in him, in him as well. And, you know, Newcastle having finished in the Champions League places and having the money that they do, you know, they're a big pull factor and they're a, a bit of a, they're a, I guess they're at the level now that they are real competition for Tottenham in terms of trying to bring players in, whereas they perhaps weren't quite there before, um, certainly 18 months, two years ago. Um, so the fact that they've brought him in um, over, over Newcastle and that he's wanted to go to Tottenham, even though Tottenham aren't playing in the Champions League, I think is a really positive sign that Tottenham can actually still attract top players. Um, I think that, well, this is my, my own opinion, but I think that going into the summer, based on the season that they'd had and how far they'd fallen away, I personally thought that the jury was out a little bit on how well Tottenham would be able to compete with other clubs for, for, for big players. And the fact that the fact that Madison's gone there, I think, is a really positive sign. It sends a positive message, I think, for the rest of the for other players on the market that they're looking for. That, yeah. that James has put their faith in him, has put their faith in in, in going to Tottenham. Um, and the other one, the goalkeeper. I mean, obviously, we could talk about Kulusevski and Poro if you want, but we, I mean, we know we knew about those deals, right? Yeah, we knew absolutely. Yeah. We, knew, we know all about those players. So, you know, the goalkeeper Vicario is a really interesting one now. Um, again, I think that he is he's going to be a good player. Um, you know, he's arguably the best keeper in Spain outside the top teams. Uh, best keeper in Italy, I should say. Sorry, I'm thinking about my holiday in Spain already. Um, best keeper in Italy um, last season. And actually, I understand that he was the first choice for Tottenham. Um, and I know a lot was um, really? was said and written about David Raya. Okay. Um, being the first right. choice, but I think that, you know, a lot of that was sort of putting two and two together, I think, based on the season that Raya had had. Um, and there was interest in him, and you know the the, the club were were big fans of his. But I understood that uh, I understand now that that actually um, Vicario was the first choice and the one they really wanted to go for. Um, and again, uh, not even because of price, but I think they actually see him as being a top number one, and actually they're going to get a player that would probably have gone to you know another big club had it got further into the summer or maybe into you know, next year or, or, or January. Um, you know, he's really highly thought of. Um, I think he was Inter's first choice um, if they sell Anana. And I think they're in the process of, of talking to Man United about doing that at the moment. So Tottenham have actually, you know, stolen ahead of some big clubs for this goalkeeper, even though, you know, on the face of it, people don't really know that much about who he is. I think that he's going to be a good player. He's in the Italy squad as well. So he's been, you know, yeah. I think it's an interesting one. I mean, at the time, it, it obviously felt the fact that it seemed very apparent and clear. And again, correct me if I'm wrong here, it feels like Spurs did agree terms, personal terms with David Raya. And I know there was a feeling amongst the fan base for many fans, not all fans, that look, if that is your number one, and it's such an important role, the goalkeepers, you will know in any squad that you have to get that right. I mean, to be fair, Spurs have been fairly lucky with Hugo Lloris for a lengthy time. I think we can all now agree it's coming towards an end, definitely with Hugo. Maybe they held on to him for a year longer than what they should have done. Mm. But it's such an important role that if that is your, if if David Rea was the number one choice, whereas you're saying it was Vicario, then go all out to get that number one because it's fundamental that ultimately the manager has the right goalkeeper for him. But I think what's been very, very clear, um, and again, I'm sure you would have picked up on this, Lyle, is that there was a really lovely interview with Vicario's father, I think it was in El Massaggero in uh, Italy where uh, it was referencing the fact that he really relished the prospect of working with Vicario because he's the guy that, similar to the manager, had built mm -hmm. his way up. It wasn't easy. He had to overcome obstacles. So, yes. yeah. like you say, that might have played into the factor of well being the number one, right, for him? Yeah, well, I'm, listen, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big advocate of players who have done their time, uh, you know, lower down because... I think that, well, I, th I think it's the same for any walk of life, right? Any industry, 
you're going to appreciate when you're at the top a whole lot more if you've done your time at the bottom, if you know what it's like to play further down the leagues. I mean, look at Harry Kane, for example. I mean, he's a great example of someone who went down and played on loan at, you know, in the, in, in the lower divisions and did his time there. And a lot of the best players have. Um, so I think that's only a positive for him. Um, and I think, I think again, I think obviously there's a lot of unknowns about him um, where the fans are concerned, but they should absolutely get behind him, I think, in my opinion, and, and give him all the support that he needs because if they do, I think he, I think he can become a top keeper, and I think they found a, potentially found a real gem. But as any, as any player, you know, coming into a new club and a new league and a in a in a new country, you know, they need they need support. They need them. They need the fans to get behind them and be positive about it. And um, I think um, I think that if they do that, that, that will help him actually. Interesting. And just one on James Madison before we do talk about where Spurs are in the current market and for maybe for players. Uh, there was a report, Lyle, that maybe Spurs were laying the groundwork for Madison, even maybe the season before that. They were trying to bring him in under Antonio, but Antonio wasn't really fancying Madison in terms of the way and the formation he was looking to play. Anything that you heard from your perspective that Spurs were maybe looking at him and tracking him for the last 12 months as a player they would have liked under Conte, but ultimately Conte maybe felt he wasn't right for the formation he wanted to play? Well, as, well, as I said, it goes back a lot longer than 12 months. Mm. You know, He's a player that Tottenham have had on their radar for, for years, since you know Pochettino's time. Yeah, um, like I said, they had the chance to sign him before, and they didn't think it was quite the right time that he was quite ready. Um, right. I think that Ange sees him as a number eight, even though he's played mm. as a ten. I think he sees yep. him as an attacking number eight. And if you look at the way that Celtic played last year, uh, he used Matt O'Reilly a lot as a, a very advanced number eight. Uh, if you look at Matt O'Reilly's stats, by the way, who, who another player who had a great season last year, um, he had more touches in the opposition box, I think, than any other Celtic player. And he's a midfield player, he's a number eight. So that should give you an idea of how far forward, how advanced James Madison will play, even though technically he's going to be a central midfield player and that's where he'll line up. He'll play in a very attacking way. He'll be very advanced up the pitch. And be, I think he will be the one that will be dictating and creating chances really high up. Very similar probably to how Christian Eriksen played in, uh, in, 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 um, in Mauricio Pochettino's formation. Interesting. I think it's fair to say, Lyle, that I think there's a collective feeling amongst the fan base that we haven't quite had a creative midfielder like that since the Ericsson mm. days. So he's filling a void that arguably as yeah, first fans... Yeah, as well, Madison. Let's not yeah. forget that as well. You know, he can, yeah. he can, he can put the ball Free in the Free kick net. taker as well, Lyle, as we know. Yeah. So he's, he's, got, he's got multi-talented. Really and I think he's just, he's now really actually starting to come mm. into his um, yeah. into his prime. Um, so I, yeah. like I said before, it's a, it's a, it's a good, um, really good signing for Spurs, Madison. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumpacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I remember reading something before the final that I was going to retire. So I went into the game with an extra motivation to prove to people that I was nowhere near finished yet. I asked her, Mom, why are you so sad? And she said, because I wanted to, to give you a better life. And in that time, I said, Mom, don't worry. I will become a footballer and I will help you. I will buy a house for you. I knew that football was the reason why I got into anorexia and came out of anorexia. So I knew football was potentially the reason why I went into depression, but it was going to get me out of depression. I went to see the club doctor. Within 10 minutes, he said, Gary, you're a diabetic. My career as a professional footballer, I'm 40, would be over. When I was a milkman, I used to get up at 6.15, was deliver the milk at the end of school. You've had it tough, though. Never saw 6.15 as a kid. <laughs> Tell us about your debut. I remember w- warming up some West Ham fan goes, number 52, who are you? And I, uh... There was also a, a generation of, uh, of good players that I used to watch, Berbatov and Robikin, you know, in front. And Dawson just, in defence. Yeah, Dawson at the back. <laughs> How did you manage to deal with that? Because it's a conversation you're never going to forget with that surgeon, isn't it? For the first time, I wasn't enjoying my football. Took us into the meeting room and they just said, look, everyone just needs to go home. That was the last time I saw my teammates. Ever? Ever. So that must have been heartbreaking for you then. Team spirit, with togetherness, and we enjoy spending time together. And this team was ready to win. Welcome to the Spurs Official Podcast. By the time this show does go live, this may already have been a Spurs signing. But um, listen, at the moment, he isn't a Spurs signing as we record this right now on the Wednesday evening. And as we understand, Manor Solomon is set to undergo a medical with Tottenham after agreeing to join the club as a free agent, as we understand, on a four-year deal. He impressed on loan at Fulham last season. He's without a club after Ukrainian side Shakhtar Donetsk. The contract expired at the end of June. Um, I want to ask you, Lyle, because again... Mixture of different reports. He would be technically, you'd say, replacing the outgoing Lucas Mora. Is it fair to say this one is more of a club signing rather than a genuine Postacoglu target? No, I wouldn't say that that's true. I, um, I mean, we talked about things being, you know, alignment and things being a lot more aligned um, in the when, when I answered your first question. Um, so I don't think that that's the case. And I don't think that's going to be the case this year. I don't think there's going to be any club signings. I think that everybody will be pulling together and agreeing on the players that they bring in. So I don't, I don't think, I mean, Manuel Solomon, I think he's quite a talent. I think he, he's another one who could be a big talent. Um, I mean, he was injured for four months of the year last year for, for other reasons, um, you know, more complicated reasons at Fulham. I think that he didn't play as much as he probably deserved to either. But when he did, I mean, he, there's some flashes of real brilliance, you know, shades of him and Son cutting off off the left-hand side and putting the ball in the net. And that's what they'll be looking for, you know, a real understudy for Son, someone that can learn from Son and, partner up with him. Um, I think that's what Manor brings. I mean, in terms of what you you mentioned in terms of the deal, I mean, the thing to say about this one that makes it more of an interesting transfer story than normal, and one that I know a lot about, is the fact that 
the reason that he's been, he was able to join Fulham last year, which wasn't a loan, even though some people mistook it for a loan, it wasn't a loan. What happened was um, FIFA made a ruling when war broke out or just after war broke out in Ukraine that foreign players who played in Ukraine could suspend their contracts to allow them to play in other countries. Now, that was what happened when he went to Fulham. Effectively, his, 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 that year of his contract was suspended, which allowed him to sign a one-year deal with Fulham. So he's, I mean, on, you know, technically you could argue that he was contracted to two clubs at the same time, but one of his contracts was suspended, was suspended, uh, suspended by FIFA. And so what happened was FIFA actually extended that ruling again for another year, just before the summer window opened. So Manuel Solomon was able to do the same thing again. And his contract actually expires at the end of this year in December. So the FIFA ruling takes it, basically the FIFA ruling lasts for longer than his contract lasts at Shakhtar. So he's actually still got six months left technically. Right. Okay. But because that ruling extends until next year, he's yep. able to actually leave supposedly technically on a free, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting one um, because Shakhtar for all intents and purposes, I wouldn't say that they're necessarily furious about this particular thing happening him going to Tottenham but more broadly they are furious and have been furious that FIFA made this ruling I'm intrigued because... to hear from you because we've, we've had a quote come through from the Donetsk uh, CEO Sergi Palkin yeah, who says yeah. I don't know you've seen that Spurs an established club respectively with a big history uh, ultimately saying we, we hope we'll have a meeting with Tottenham representatives on the eve of our friendly match and in good faith we'll find a solution to the Manham Solomon situation mm-hmm. the solution should satisfy both sides I mean is there an out? Is there an outward concern? This could end up going to a tribunal. Do you think it won't get as far as that in any I way think, possible? I think that's unlikely. I don't think Tottenham would be particularly concerned about that happening. I think that um, you know, obviously, like I said, I, what I know is that Shakhtar are very unhappy with this ruling for FIFA, and they've been very unhappy for a long time, and they've actually been challenging challenging it legally, and they haven't been successful yet to get that to get that I, that that ruling actually overruled or to actually get some compensation. Because what I do know is from from Shakhtar's point of view, you know, they were arguing that they were quite happy to discuss selling those players. Any player, any foreign player that didn't want to be there anymore, that they would be open to discussing the exits, that they weren't necessarily going to stand in anybody's way of leaving. So therefore, the ruling wasn't necessary from their point of view. So they actually feel like players that they've invested in have actually been able to leave for free. You know, they've invested in Manuel Solomon and they actually at the moment aren't getting anything back for their asset. And there, yep. I can I cannot think of any other business or any other um, situation in football where that's the case. So obviously, special circumstances because war is broken out. But actually, I actually can see where Shakhtar are coming from. You know, I actually don't think it's right personally that that um, that players that they've invested in they haven't been given the opportunity to actually try to sell before they've effectively been taken away from them because that's kind of in a nutshell what's happened. So. Um, obviously this friendly is going to happen, you know, which will, which will, um, I think all the proceeds from that are going to go towards, you know, the war effort in Ukraine towards humanitarian aid over there for families in Ukraine. And that's a great thing. And that's a great thing that that Spurs have agreed with them. Um, but yeah, let's see, um, you know, if, 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 if Shakhtar want anything more, then I guess, um, you know, they will, they will talk to Spurs about it when they're, when they're there, but I don't think that it's going to jeopardise the deal in any way. I don't think there's anything particularly to be concerned about. I think it's just something, obviously, that they have to settle between themselves. Um, and as far as Solomon's concerned, I don't, I don't think he's tra- travelled over yet, but I think he's travelling over tomorrow, I think. 
right. or sometime just before the weekend. And I think that the medical and pictures and all that kind of thing, I think is expected to happen over the next few days. And I think it's probably quite likely we'll see some sort of an announcement, uh, you know, maybe Sunday or Monday, maybe. Okay, interesting. I mean, I suppose it's a beat off a lot of clubs for a signature out of interest. Um, the only one I know of that were very keen to sign him again was obviously Fulham, I think, because he'd done well there. But, um, yep. you know, the, he he is a talent um, and then there's no doubt there will be other clubs that would have been looking at him. I'm not aware of any in particular. Okay. Um, but there are some talented players starting to come out from Israel now as well. So it is an interesting place to look. Um, mm. Obviously, got Leo Labarda, the winger at Celtic, yep. who's very highly thought of as well, who's being looked at by a few clubs. Celtic, Ajax. So... Yeah, and there are a few real sort of promising talents coming out of Israel that I'm starting to be aware of and, and having a look at and looking at, you know, video clips of and looking at their stats. And um, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's an interesting market to look at. And I think if Solomon does well at a club like Tottenham, it's a big mm. advert, a big good advert for, um, yeah. for Israeli, Israeli, Israeli players. Yeah, I agree. Most, most certainly. Right. There's obviously a lot of um, wide reports in terms of the position Spurs are looking to fill this mm-hmm. summer. They, of course, are putting us on a new goalkeeper. You can tick that off. They are, as we understand, looking to ideally sign a couple of centre-backs, which we're going to come on to shortly. And potentially, obviously, the winger, which you may argue is, of course, Solomon ticking that box and the creative midfielder, which, again, you might say Madison has ticked that box. Are those the areas that you're specifically aware Spurs are looking for? And are there any in addition to that we should keep our eye on in terms of positions, Lyle? No, I think you've covered it there. I think the priorities have been, obviously, yeah, the goalkeeper, centre-back and... Um... Yeah, another midfield player, creative midfield player, and also a backup winger for Son. Um, and that is obviously Solomon. I think Solomon can play both sides, but I think he's more prolific off the left. Um, so obviously that, yeah, that, I guess that takes us towards a conversation about the centre-backs because that's the next priority area that they need to look at. But in answer to your question, um, yeah, centre-halves, they'll sign one. They might even sign two. Um, and other than that, I think it will depend on outgoings. Um, I think that if they get a centre-back in before they go on tour, not sure that's going to happen. Um, but if they do, then I think they'll go and go on tour with what they've got and they'll look at what they've got while they're on tour. And then when they come back, they'll make some decisions on them, on on whether, you know, whether they need to make any 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 changes in any other positions. OK, let's dive into centre-backs. I know, again, it's a high topic amongst Spurs fans at the moment. I'll start with one. And then we'll go on to the second one. I know Spurs would ideally love both. So I will ask you, that's a possibility. But keen to know from you where Spurs are in the negotiations for Mickey van der Ven of Wolfsburg. It appears Spurs are closing in on the left side of central defender. Can you mm-hmm. give us any further update as to where Spurs are in terms of progress for those negotiations? Well, how, how close is closing in, do you think? That's why, that's why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer, mate. Um, I try. I don't think it's close at the moment, no. Um, I think that, uh, well, I, what I know is that they're definitely interested in the player, but they're interested in about four or five. Um, and what they're doing at the moment is they're talking to the right people around all five of these players, um, which is what they should do, and which is what is you know normal for this this time in the window. Um, you know, there's nothing agreed with Wolfsburg. There's nothing agreed with the player yet um, either. Um, and they are also talking, uh, you know, about players like, Edmund Topsober and Tozan Adebayo at Fulham and um, Clement Longlet still at, at Barcelona. And there is one more as well, uh, at least one more um, on the list as well, which I, might be Mark Way, but I'm not, I've not had that confirmed yet. But we know there's a long-term interest in Mark Way 
uh, from Spurs, which we've you know which we've reported and mentioned before. So it could be him. Um, so that I would say you know spinning plates really still at the moment on you know all four of those players and which one or two out of those four that they will sign I think is still up in the air. Um, so yeah, you know they're obviously pursuing them and. Um, there is another club that's interested in, in, or at least one other club that's interested in Van der Ven as well. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't think it's something that's going to happen very quickly. Um, same with Clement Longlet. I know that um, the Juan Laporta came out the other day, didn't he, and say something like that. He thinks that they will reach an agreement with Spurs for for Longlet. Um, yeah. But I don't think that's something again something that's, that's going to happen very quickly. Um, so I think as you know as, as his um, his willingness to do a deal uh, was more the reflection in that comment because we know that he's a player long that Barcelona want out they want to get rid of him yeah. and they want him to move on somewhere else um, and so you know they they they'd made a sort of soft deadline of the of June the thirtieth to try and get a number of players out of Barcelona one of which was long and that didn't happen so that only plays into into Tottenham's hands a little bit more you know it doesn't it means that they, they don't have to be in a rush to make that happen. Um, so yeah, I think um, it's still you know it's still clouded really which two or which one or two out of those that list that, that Tottenham will end up having. Can you just clarify for us and confirm? Have Spurs actually at this point in time have they submitted a bid for Van der Ven? Has that gone into Wolfsburg at this point? No, not as far as I know. There's been no bid submitted. No. Right, and in terms of an agreement with a player in principle with Spurs. Got any further or, nope. or anywhere near per- no no personal terms with the player at the moment? No agreement with the player as far as I know. Okay. And again, because again, this other defender is very prominent on the list that Spurs fans would love as well. He's a ball playing centre back, very comfortable with the ball at his feet. Feels ideally what we need is Edmund Tapsober, of course, of Bayer Leverkusen. Mm-hmm. Are we on a similar status with him where again you refer to the fact that he's one Spurs are interested in? Have we gone as far as a bid or any terms agree with the player at this stage? No, no approach to to buy because I know there's been some reports out there that has, but that, that's not true as far as I know. There's been no, there's been no um, direct dialogue between the clubs. There's been no approach from Spurs to buy Leverkusen for him. Um, right. I know that he is de- obviously he's definitely on the list as I just said. Yep. Yep. And I know that um, that Bayer Leverkusen are not very keen to sell him. Um, they want around 50 million euros for him, which I think is about sort of 42, 43 million pounds at the moment. Um, so he's, you know, going to be quite pricey as well. Um, so I think, yeah, of all the players that they've got on the list, he's um, he's pretty tricky one to get out of Bayer Leverkusen. I think this um, this summer, but they're definitely interested in him, and um, yeah, we'll see if um, see how far they get if they try to pursue that one. But there's also, I mean, the other, the other thing to say as well is though is that yeah, I think Tottenham are more inclined and and and, and prefer to sign uh, a left footed player. Um, or at least one left-footed player, because they need a left-footed centre half. They're obviously missing one. That's you know. So Van der Ven's a left-footed player. Um, Clement Longlet's a left-footed player. Tozin's right-footed, and Tapsoba's right-footed. So Tap Tapsoba is more more suited and has played more for Leverkusen in the right centre-back role rather than the left centre-back role, or in the middle of a three. Yep. Um, whereas obviously Van der Ven and, and Clement Longlet are used to play on the left, and and Tozin as well has played on the left of two as well. I think when they came up. Um, Fulham the first time and he played in a partnership with Joachim Anderson Anderson played as the right and Tozin played on the left and actually you know I think the one that's being talked about the least at the moment Tozin is could be the most interesting one in many many ways I mean I, I actually think he's really good and, and actually underrated player 
in many ways. I mean, if you look at him, especially statistically and how he's performed in the in the seasons that he's been in the Premier League for Fulham, he's outperformed uh, on, on various data metrics pretty much most of the centre-halves in the league when he's played. Um, and, you know, this this idea that he's not actually played that much for, for Fulham last year is also a bit of a myth. I mean, he played played a lot of games. And um, I know Marco Silva is a really big fan of his and really likes him. Um, and I think that, like I said, he's an underrated player and I think he could do well at Spurs. And he can also cover both the right and the left um, centre-back roles. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid uh, Yeah, there's nothing really more to say on the centre-half um, yeah. front than that. I know that, you know, it can appear that um, Spurs are close to doing this, close to doing that, but, yeah. but yep. it's very much juries out on which one or two of the four that they will sign at this point. Can I just ask you, Lyle, just based on budget, would you feel it's completely, yeah, unlikely or wouldn't happen that Spurs would sign both Tapsoba and Van der Ven? Do you think it would only be one of the two in addition to maybe a long lay? What's your feeling? Or could they sign both potentially? Because it feels, it feels again, as a, as a fan... Um, when you look at Spurs' central defence, bar Romero, mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. nobody really there that you can feel centre-back-wise safe in the most politest way. I mean, we'll come on to Eric Dyer and Davidson Sanchez and where we are with potential outgoings, but it does feel Spurs need at least a couple of, I would say, prominent, decent ball-playing centre-backs that you feel you can trust week upon week. And I granted we're not in Europe. Is it impossible, do you think, Spurs would have the budget to spend big on both Tapsoba and Van der Ven, if they were to try and bring both to the club? Good question. Honest answer, don't know. If it came to it, I'd say it was unlikely because I think they'll both I think they'll both fetch similar figures. I think Van der Ven might be a little bit less. Right, okay. Um, but again, I think it would depend on outgoings as well. You know, if they yep. can recoup some money uh, on selling the centre-halves that they've, that they've got, then obviously that will give them more, more, to, more to play with. So... That's what I mean in terms of the jury being out on which four they're going to sign, because there's a lot of sort of moving parts that, are, yep. that still have to line up, I think. And that that's one of them really is Ange Postacoglu looking at the players that they've got and assessing the players that they've got. Because I think actually Ange is quite willing to give every player there a chance. You know, I think every player is being given somewhat of a clean slate to, to, to show him that they can either be involved or don't want to be involved or, or what. So, you know, there's still... Yeah, it's still unclear, I think, you know, which centre-halves will move out of Spurs and therefore how much space there is to bring in to and also how much money there is to also bring in to. So, again, that goes into what I was saying before, that I think that's why that nothing, that's why that there isn't one in particular that's close to happening right now. Okay, I appreciate I'm pushing you on the centre-back. So, just again, to finish on this point, you think we maybe get a couple in, ideally two of of that list? I think, personally, in my opinion, is I think they need to. That I agree they need, they need to. to yeah, yeah, they need, yeah, it might be they need to. In my opinion, centre half is, is the area where Spurs have been the weakest yeah, sometimes. Totally agree. And I mean, they, look, look at yeah. goals conceded last season, it's ridiculous 63, 64 goals. You feel they need to. So you yeah. again you think hopefully we're hopeful hopeful will be two, fingers crossed. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it's I think it's hard for me to predict, obviously, of course. Uh, of but course. I, think, yeah, I would yeah. be surprised if we reach the end of the summer and there isn't two new centre halves now. I would be surprised. Okay. That's, that's I the best. I want to steer away from centre-halves after, after that interrogation. Let's talk about potential outgoings of centre-halves. Um, one man who looks like he's not going to be going anywhere is Eric Dyer. It appears, <laughs> according to recent reports, he wants to fight for his place and is excited about the season to come. 
under Ange Postacoglu. Of course, there's Davinson Sanchez who's been linked to both, I think, Galatasaray in recent days and Spain as well. And then, of course, you've got Jafet Tanganga, who really has had a disruption of a seat. Well, disruption of the last two or three seasons with a lot of injuries. And likewise, Joe Rudd has not really hit the ground running. Is there potential, Lyle, three out of those four could leave the club this window? What do you think? Well, I think that they're obviously, yeah, they're the obvious names, aren't there? They to who need to prove themselves um, to Ange if they want to play under Ange. I think I think Dyer will stay. Um, I think yeah, that's that's as I understand it, that's absolutely right that he does want to fight for his place and is quite excited about playing with Ange. Um, and I think Dyer it's it's could still be a, you know a useful player for Spurs. Um, the others obviously haven't played as much. Rodon was out last year, um, and you know Tanganga is it's about time that Tanganga I think played regularly somewhere. You know whether that's on a season long loan somewhere. Um, I think he needs to at his age, especially um, for his own sake, um, as much as Tottenham's. Um, and Davinson Sanchez has, have, has had his difficulties, hasn't he? You know, it might be the right time for him to 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 you know to find a new club and and start afresh somewhere else. But as I said, what I understand is that you know Ange will give them all a chance to to prove themselves and show whether they want to be involved and and whether they can be. Um, an asset in his team or or in his squad or or not. So that's why, like I said, there's still so much to sort of play out, really, yeah. especially in the preseason and when they go away on tour. Um, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, who who comes good and who doesn't. You know, there may have been yeah. quite a few surprises or at least one or two surprises um, for people and, and, and players that might find themselves back involved that haven't been involved before, um, for yeah for you know a season or more. Yeah, there's one player definitely when I come on to that, that um, is definitely causing a stir as potentially be given another chance. Some would argue he's been given a fifth or sixth chance, but I will ask you about him shortly. You're going to say Tango and Dombele. It will be, yeah. I will ask you about him shortly when we come to those uh, profile of players that we are potentially looking to give a second chance to. Do, do you mm-hmm. feel, though, Lowell, from your understanding of those potential centre-backs, there's there's no current bids on the table for those at the moment in terms of outgoings? There's no, no bids at the moment that you know of for potentially them leaving the club? Now, I'm not aware of any bids on the table. Um, there's been some rumours about um, and Dombele today and Napoli um, yeah. that's been, yeah, been a bit murky and hard to actually um, decipher what's going on. Some conflicting information, you know, some people saying, yes, there's been a bid and yes, they want to sign him and others saying, no, right. they don't. And they're actually looking elsewhere in the market um, right. okay. at, at the moment. Um, yep. I think Dombele is, is an option for, for Napoli. Um, but again, they know. I think well, I'm pretty sure they know, and certainly, uh, you know, and Dombele knows, and, and and his side of things know that um, that Ange wants to have a look at him and and a real good look at him in preseason and whether he actually he can be be a player for him. Um, and again, you know, who knows whether he can surprise everyone? He's such an interesting character, just an interesting guy, and on his day, you know, an outstanding player on his day. Let's not forget yep. he's had some blistering performances, and at the same time, also some absolutely well, at times, comedic performances. Absolutely. Um, Spurs. Yeah. So, you know, who knows which Tanga and Dombele is turned up for Tottenham this summer and which one's going he's going to be for Ange. I think a lot of the issue, what I know is a lot of the issue, some of the issues that he's had um, has been the managers that he's played for because I think that, you know, yeah, personality types, I think, have clashed and playing styles have clashed a little bit and he's been asked to do things that he's, you know, not so keen on. Yeah, no, I know that when he was brought to the club, he was seen more as a really advanced midfield player, more like a 10, you know, someone who's going to play higher up the pitch. And that might have been 
part of the issue of when the change managers and he was asked to do a lot more the defensive side of the midfield play, why there were some issues with it, you know? So, you know, whether Ange can see him fitting in in a, in a, a real, you know, really advanced role there or not. Yeah, let's let's see. Let's see if he can fit into the system and do well or not. It'd be really, really interesting to find out. Same can be said for Lachelso. You know, same really? can be said okay. for... Yeah, same, I mean, Lachelso has got interest in elsewhere. I think, right. he, I, I think I think he would like to go back to Spain. I think he he, he feels like his um, uh, his play is, is more suited to Spain. And I think I would agree with that. And obviously, he's had a happier time in Spain during his career so far than he has anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, Barcelona are interested in him. Javi really likes him. Um, so, yeah, again, you know, that, that's going to be one to play out over the summer to see whether he stays or whether he goes. But yeah, there's, there's the, you know, I don't think there's any bias or not towards anyone. I think he'll be given as much as a chance. Sergio Reguilon, another one who probably be given a, will be given a chance to prove himself. Uh, another player who I think has, has did show promises of being a good player when he was at Tottenham and something went wrong somewhere. Um, and so, uh, you know, he'll be given a clean slate as will Brian Hill and um, Jed Spence and, and you know, all these, these players that, you know, were on the periphery or found themselves elsewhere last year. Um, so, yeah, it will be an interesting preseason to see. And I, I also think that as well that Ange Postacoglu will be open to the idea of playing players in different positions. So there might be a few players that you probably wouldn't have thought of would actually play in the position, will end up playing in positions you wouldn't have thought of is the best way of putting it. Do you know what I mean? Poro may be one of those, because again, I think we saw towards it the end be. of Mason's reign. That. Yeah, I don't yeah. know that. I mean, yes, he did towards the end, the end of the year, yeah. didn't he? In, in a right wing role. So that was obviously Ryan Mason seeing his potential yeah. to play there. Um, could be. Could be. Okay. Um, yeah, let's but see. The, the message at the moment, though, is those players you've mentioned, the likes of Ndombele, Le Celso, they will be given a fair chance mm. by the manager to prove their worth. Because, again, I think it'll be interesting, Lyle, because of the nature of just how short a time you've got before Tottenham have to go on that tour. Mm-hmm. Would you be surprised then? Um, because the last couple of seasons with Tottenham, what we've seen is they've let players stay behind in order to deal with their own personal future to find a move. Do you hmm. think this time around, what we might find is that those everybody, people, goes. everybody goes on tour? Would, would do you feel that will be a different approach this summer by Tottenham? I, I don't know that, but it's possible. Yeah, again, right. I wouldn't be surprised to see them all there. Okay, that's interesting. Um, okay, um, you I talked about right. In previous seasons, managers have uh, uh, have decided. Mm. Okay, I don't, I don't. He's not right for me. Yeah, you know, he, he doesn't fit into my system. Yep, you know, it might be better if he plays somewhere else. But like I said. Clean slate for everybody is what I understand, and everybody's given, being given a chance to to, okay. to shine or not. Interesting. You're very, you're very kind of you already touched there on some of the fullbacks, wingbacks Spurs have got there. You mentioned Jed Spence. I'm really keen to know what you feel the future holds for Ivan Perisic. You felt very much like a Antonio Conte signing. We've had a lot of reports coming out of Italy where ideally he may look to go, like to go back to a club in Italy, and also Ryan Sessegnon, who, to be fair. I think it's fair to say that he's never really ignited the spark in a Spurs shirt. Can you see those two players leaving the club before the end of this window? Mm, yeah, maybe. Uh, Perisic, I think, would be more likely of the two. Uh, I just think, given where he is in his career, um, you know, and I think that, I mean, my perception, especially towards the end of the year, was that actually I think he was struggling with the level a bit. I think that perhaps he's. You know, he's he's getting towards the end of his career, and I think maybe the Premier League was maybe a little bit of a stretch for him. Um, 
Whereas Sessegnon is in a completely different part of his career and it's still very much in its infancy and, and still, you know, a, a lot of potential there for him. Um, so, yeah, again, you know, it will be down to what they show Ange Postacoglu, right, over the next few weeks and um, whether they want to be involved and, and, and where they can where they can be involved. The left-back one is very interesting, though, isn't it? Because there was a lot of players in that position. Yeah, absolutely. Count, yeah. And count that five. Yeah. Yep. Isn't it? You've got Perisic, Sessegnon, Udogi, Regulon, yep. Ben Davis as well. Yeah. You know, to all to all try to stake a claim in, in that position or play or you know, or maybe play further up the pitch. Um so it'll be interesting to see which which ones emerge in that battle as being being the ones that he wants to go with and the ones that, that um that want to play for Tottenham next year. Um so yeah. What's your feeling on Destiny Adoggi? Um, because he comes very highly rated from Italy, of course. And I think primarily, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, he feels like he was a signing for maybe Antonio Conte. Um, although there might have been an expectancy that he would have been here at the time of when Spurs signed him for this upcoming summer. He comes in under Ange Postacoglu. You mentioned there, there's a lot of wing-backs, full-backs already on the left-hand side. Do you feel, again with him, he will be given that chance? Or do you think it's more likely that he may head out on loan to kind of get that experience. No, he'll be, he'll be given a chance as well, yeah. Um, right. definitely. Um, and I think that it was more, rather than being signed for, for Conte, no, I don't think that's true. I think that's okay. he's, one of, he's one of a number of youngsters that Fabio Paratici and the club and and obviously Conte was was up for bringing in to develop and see how they would develop. And, and you know, like you said, because they because they come with a lot of, a lot of potential and highly rated and, um, you know, Tottenham have been keen to do that to be to be committing into the uh, to be investing in the future as well as the now. So that was the, I think that was definitely the case for Jed Spence as well, and it was the case for Sessegnon when they signed him as well. So um, yeah, it'll be down to I think who suits Ange's style the most and 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 um, and, and the system. So yeah, remains to be okay. seen. It does remain to be seen. We shall see. Um, it feels like Spurs have already got there, as I love calling it on last one. Spurs their lock picker in James Madison, but there has been a little, we've, we've seen interest as well in a couple of other, maybe potential creative midfielders. One being Leicester, well, his former Leicester City teammate, Harvey Barnes, who we understand there might be a little bit of interest there. And also Alex Scott of Bristol City. So I've been intrigued to know from you whether genuinely on the back of what they've spent on Madison, whether you could foresee any way either Harvey Barnes or Alex Scott does also end up in addition to Madison at the club this summer. Definitely interested in Barnes. Um, again, I think he's been on their list for quite a while, um, Barnes. Um, and there was a little bit of a sniff, I think, for him when they were started to talk about Madison. Um, but I think with Solomon coming in, um, I think that's gone away a little bit. Um, and the other one you mentioned was Alex Scott, again, who I think is is you know another talented young player, someone for the future. Um, but I think, you know, in terms of midfield signings, I mean, Harvey Barnes is a winger, but um, in terms of midfield signings, I think it will very much depend on outgoings. I think it will depend on, you know, who, who, yeah, who, who like I said, who stakes a claim yep. during pre-season. Yep. You know, I think there's that, it's very much, you can see it as sort of three phases, I think, to the transfer window. There's the early stuff that they've wanted to do that they know they've had to do, which is what they've yep. done and what they're doing with the centre-halves. And yep. then there's the pre-season tour and the pre-season training, which is where, you know, they will look at what they've got and, you know, the players will play for Ange or not and, and decide they want to be there or not, right? And then you will see the third phase of the window towards the end when some decisions are made on, you know, who's going to stay, who's going to go, 
And if there are some gaps that open up and they can invest in bringing some new players in, then that's what they'll look to do. Yeah, I think that's, I that's just, my reading of it anyway. No, that's fine. I will just cover this one for you, Logs. I know we're, uh, we are approaching the hour mark. And I've got to talk about Harry Kane, which could completely derail this show. Aaron says on the screen, why are Spurs scared to spend 80 million on two centre-backs? And Logan, you're more than willing to give your opinion on this as well. I just feel, again, when you're spending that kind of money on two players, maybe outside the Premier League, that may be a massive, massive risk. Um, there's no doubt about it that, you know, if we're referring to the two that are prominent very quickly, I know we've already discussed this, but Tapsober and Van der Ven, they both seem very competent with the ball. Uh, they seem to both be, both be players that Spurs like. I mean, look, I think me and Lyle have made that case that they do definitely need more than one. We ideally would love it to be two. I think, as we've said, we just need to see how that plays out. There definitely seems to be an interest in Lyle's mentioned about three or four defenders. But um, I think, again, a lot of it with Tottenham, and I'm sure hopefully Lyle will agree here, a lot of depends on outgoings, doesn't it, Lyle? I mean, we've we've you've been on last one Spurs for the last six, seven years, mm-hmm. and um, the amount of players that I've asked you about that are actually still at Tottenham that they've really found it hard to find moves for, or for those players to actually want to go. Mm-hmm. That's been very difficult, right? I mean, we have to be honest and say that that's also probably been a reason why it's halted Spurs trying to bring in new genuine centre backs. Would you agree? Yeah, I think that's true. Um, also, got to think, look at the financial aspect. I mean, I don't know exactly what Tottenham's kitty is this summer, but it's not like last summer where they got 100 million that they just pulled out of capital that they could invest in the squad. I mean, they've missed out on Champions League football, which is a huge amount of windfall that you can invest in the team. Um, you know, then that for all intents and purposes, they're not going to go out and, and sell, you know, Harry Kane or Son for 100 million or something like that and, and have a load of money to reinvest in. You know, three, four, five players all at the 40, 50 billion pound mark. They can't, they can't do that. You know, they just haven't got the budget to do that without selling some. Do you know what I mean? So, absolutely. That's, yeah, that's, absolutely. That's why, yeah. you know, when, when, I mean, the question, I think the question was why are Tottenham scared to do that? I don't think scared is the right word. It's have they got the ability to do that now? Mm. Or will they have the ability to do that further along in the window? Right. I think now, I, I think it's unlikely they've got the ability to go and spend forty million on each on two centre halves. Yeah, but I think you know. But could they do that further in the window if they sell some? It might. It might be more likely. Who knows? Phoenix Fifty One is a powerful employee technology enabling organisations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey, from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business: your people enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions but also how to benchmark train and retain them phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey hi everyone crackers here with your update for the legends events that are upcoming couple just before the summer break on the 23rd of june that's a friday in herefordshire at hereford fc Herefordshire Spurs have the one and only Michael Dawson appearing. A few limited tickets left available for that. And July the 7th, that's also a Friday, the one and only Danny Rose is appearing at Penridge Suites, Arnest Grove. Please go to closeencounter.events for your tickets there. So there you go, a couple of events before we take the summer break. Uh, Keep safe. Keep well at Mr. Cracknell on the socials for any further info that you need on those nights. And as always, come on you Spurs. Oliver Skip's an interesting one, Lowell. We heard reports earlier, I would say, well, during the season that he's been promoted to 
that leadership group. And there has been a few murmurs this summer that maybe Spurs would consider maybe letting him go for the right price, given the array of midfield options. Do you foresee Oliver Skip to be a Spurs player before mm, the end of the window? So. Would you be massively surprised if Oliver Skip was to leave? Um, I think so. I think, again, he's the same as everybody else. He's got to prove himself under Ange and the team. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm not aware that Tottenham are want to sell him or thinking of selling him or anything like that. I mean, again, he's he's an academy, you know, an academy graduate which carries a lot of weight. Um, you know, he's uh, he's still young, still got a lot to to improve on. You know, he's got that homegrown aspect to him as well. So yeah, there's there's a lot of things that um, that point towards him staying rather than leaving. I think um, with with Skip and um, again, it'll be how does he fit into you know, and just plans. How yep. well does it play in pre-season, I think. Okay. Look, it's time. Let's talk about the poster boy of the football club. Lots of speculation around mm-hmm. Harry Kane. I suppose the, the first question I'll ask you is, how genuine is Bayern Munich's interest as far as you understand in Harry Kane? And Very genuine. Do you expect Bayern to keep pushing and pushing and pushing for Harry between now and the end of the window? And how likely is it that he does leave the football club this summer? It's a good question. Um, they have been pushing, obviously, and they are very interested in him, not just now, but for next year as well, when he becomes a free transfer. And they've been interested in him for upwards of 12, 18 months, as it is. Um, so, you know, that's a long-term interest uh, in the player that they've got. Um, and they have been pushing recently to try and... Um, Try and figure out. I think what you know, according to our, our colleagues in Sky Germany, who've been well across this, um, what Bayern have been trying to do is really, really sort of test the water, I guess, and try and find out whether Tottenham are actually would consider selling him, you know, at, at a certain price or at some kind of price. But you know, Tottenham so far have been adamant that he's not for sale, um, that they wouldn't entertain any offers for him. Um, and I think that as time goes on into the window, and this is just my perception, it really actually now, you know, what I'm talking about is I think that the longer that the window goes on, and the, the more likely he is to, st- is to stay. And I think that's because Spurs will also hope, and I think a lot of people um, in and around the club will hope that the more he works with Ange, Postacoglu, and the more he is part of preseason, the more the less he will feel like like um, looking elsewhere or considering other things elsewhere this summer. I think they will hope that him and Ange will strike up a really good relationship, and that mm. um, you know that that will that will settle this this bit of uncertainty. There's these rumours down a little bit, um, but listen, you know, the, 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 Harry Kane's future is on the agenda because he's got one year left on his contract. And there's just no, there's, there's, there's no, you know, you can't make any bones about that. That's the, that's a fact. That's true. Um, and there are clubs out there that know that, Bayern being one of them. And clubs out there, they're interested in signing him because he's the best striker probably in the world still. So, you know, that is just, um, that's just the way that it is at the moment. Um, and Bayern have been having a look to see if they can make it happen. Um, but yeah, for all intents and purposes, it doesn't, doesn't look likely at this stage. I mean, Tottenham don't want to sell him. They're not, like I said, they're insisting that they're not going to yeah. even entertain any any conversations about it. I think the other thing to say is, I, I, I think that all the other Premier League clubs know that as well, and that's why they're not trying. I think they've 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 realised that, and that yeah. you know, it's not it's not worth the effort to to even try at this point because I think they're they're aware that it's slim to no chance. So 
you know, and perhaps there's a little bit of Wales. Well, let's see what Bayern can do. Let's see if Bayern can try mm. and make something happen. But it doesn't. I, I think the, the the concern from a Spurs perspective is low. And again, feel free and whatever you can or can't comment. I understand is the fact that Bayern are bidding for Harry Kane would lead you to believe there's an encouragement from Kane's camp that he wants to join Bayern. Is it fair for but me to say that Harry that, Kane would like to join Bayern of, Munich? Um, yeah. That's also a matter of um, what's a bid and what's not a bid because Tottenham are insisting they haven't had one. Um, but there are reports out there that one was made. So, you know, reading between the lines, what does that mean? It means, you know, maybe something was offered verbally somewhere that's been interpreted as a bid or interpreted as an offer or, or yeah, you know, something like that maybe. And, yeah, you know, the fact that Tottenham are insisting and, and, and very vehemently insisting that he's not for sale and that we wouldn't entertain any bids if they came is a pretty strong def- definitive message um, to me. And, um, you know, that's a very strong stance to take. Do, do we even know at this point, Noel, is there still a contract on the table, a contract for Harry to sign to extend his time at the club? We're not sure at this moment. I don't know. I don't okay. know. I've not heard that. It's interesting. Obviously, like I say, we hope, fingers crossed, that Harry remains a Spurs player. I think I think the thing is about this, Lyle, is look, you've been here in 2021 when I was asking you these exact same questions when it was Man City in the driving seat. I think my biggest concern is, and uh, last from Spurs, listeners will know this term, I am very conscious of time. We're taking Lyle over the hour here. I don't want to keep him too much longer. But I think the thing is, I think, again, people were keen to know, is that do you feel Spurs need to set some form of a as we said about this long lay deal, there's a deadline or a soft deadline there. Does at some point this need to be drawn a line under with a deadline because Spurs are under a new manager. They want to create a harmonious camp going into pre-season where they've spent some money already on players coming in. And you want to have a camp that feels that it's pulling together and there aren't players that are looking to get away. And my concern is that when Nuno first stepped into his first press conference, before being asked what it's like to be Tottenham manager, the first question mm-hmm. he was asked is, is Harry Kane staying here? Mm-hmm. And Ange Postacoglu, as you all know, has got his first press conference next week. And my mm-hmm. concern is, apart from being asked, what is it like to feel to be the next Spurs manager? Along with that will be, is Harry Kane staying here? And it feels like we don't want a summer of this. Mm. So do you personally feel there will be some form of a deadline that's put on this where we don't have this drag out to the end of the window and it doesn't affect Tottenham going into those first few games of the Premier League season. I don't know what you mean by a deadline, Ricky. I don't know where that deadline could come and how that deadline will be drawn. Um, you know, how would that deadline be drawn and with whom? Um, you know, you can't say, you can't turn around and say to Bayern, okay, you can no longer have any interest in Harry Kane past his date. Do you know what I mean? Like, if they feel like that, you know, they want to try and pursue Harry Kane, there's not yeah. really much you can do to stop that. And, uh, you know, it's like th- th- what has to happen is to draw, you know, and this is hypothetically, mm. but what what happens with any player is if you want to draw a line under it, there's usually a sort of select few options, right? He either leaves and that draws a line yeah. under it, or yeah. he either signs a new contract and that draws a line under it, or he comes out and says, I'm not leaving it and, and leaving. Well, and that I think that, that's where I'm kind of alluded to down that avenue where or, either Spurs or Kane put out some form yeah. of statement to say, I'm staying at the football club and that's the end of it. It doesn't affect Tottenham through those first few games where we've seen it before with players. And, oh, you've been here where we've had the likes of, dare I say, Berbatov, Keane, Modric, Carrick, where you've mm. had a player's future almost mm. 
kind of overshadow the start of mm. a season where it does impact them on the pitch? And again, I mm. ask that question because I don't want it to happen under this manager. Well, I know. And listen, I'm sure actually, you know, fans are not going to really like me for saying this, but it's part of football and, and there's, there's really not much that can be done about it. Um, you know, players are of interest to other clubs and the, the better they are, the more interesting they are to more clubs and bigger clubs. And that is just the nature of the game. And it's just something that, I mean, again, it might sound harsh for me to say, I would have thought that Tottenham fans would be used to now, but by now, because there's yeah. been a lot of top players that have emerged at Tottenham that bigger clubs have been interested in. Like you've named Gareth Bale, you named Luka Modric, right? Yep. You know, I know that people would love for their players to not be mentioned with other clubs and not have this sort of anxiety and this uncertainty over will he stay, will he go, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but it, it's part of the game. It's part of, uh, it's part of, um, it's part of football. It's part of football journalism and it's part of, um, you know, it's part of the the whole media landscape as a whole now, including social media as well. You know, it's, it's, yeah, the more people talk about it on social media is as much to do with as more, you know, people write stories, um, you know, about it in newspapers or online articles or in that kind of thing as well. So, yeah. you know, um, yeah, it's, well, perhaps there's a bigger conversation to be had about, um, about, you know, yeah, the transfer window and, 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 and clubs, you know, going after players or not going after players and that kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what more to say than, um, than that on it really that, um, Tottenham stance is pretty firm right. and, you know, there aren't a load of Premier League clubs pushing, as far as we know, hard to sign them at this point because I think they've realised that it's it's not going to happen this summer. But, yeah. I appreciate it, mate. I know I've pushed you hard. The, inter- <laughs> the interrogation of the centre-back and the Carrie Kane situation. A final couple of questions to close it on. Um, what do you feel constitutes success for Tottenham under Ange Postacoglu for this upcoming season. You still see me, by the way. I realise it's, it's getting dark or has got dark. Yeah, that, that, that's. Tired. I mean, we, <laughs> hell, hell froze over with Harry Kane and the centre back. Lol. I've called, I've taken you to midnight over it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, what constitutes success for Tottenham this season? That's a really good question. I think. Um, I mean, more of a question for the fans, really. I mean, as you as a fan, what what do you think? You know, what would you be happy with in terms of? I mean, I think obviously, you know, the, the, the obvious points to make, okay, if Tottenham finish back in the Champions League places again under a new manager mm-hmm. and they do it playing a really attractive, you know, exciting brand of football and, um, you know, the players that they sign, yeah, come good and, and James Madison's great to watch and Vicario's a great goalkeeper and that kind of thing, that that's a successful, successful season. Um, if they reach a cup final and play a great, great way of playing, I think that's a success. I think... I think actually, if you look at it, or if you rein it back a little bit more to the short term, I think a successful season for Spurs is Ange Postacoglu pulling a team and a squad in the right direction, everybody together, everybody looked like they were really loving it and want to be yeah. there and that Tottenham are going places again and that they're not capitulating to teams that they shouldn't capitulate, like Sheffield United away in the FA Cup or, you know getting demolished inside 20 minutes by Newcastle and things like that. That can't happen at Tottenham. That should never happen at Tottenham. It shouldn't happen happen at any club, but it shouldn't happen at Tottenham. Yep. And, you know, okay, would it it be a success to see that all stamped out? Well, yeah, but actually you should say that that's probably the bare minimum, right? 
Um, a, a trophy would be. <laughs> I feel so starved of success when I say this. It, I think that is yeah. a really important thing for the fans. I think again, you've you've been here under the different managers. I feel if the cups are taken seriously, that mm-hmm. will give fans such a impetus and a lift for sure. I think we definitely need to see, you know, a real emphasis on taking those cups seriously in a season where our Spurs don't have European football. And I feel like with Tottenham, whenever we're in a cup, everyone says around us, yeah, but what about the Champions League? What about, you know, Europe? And we haven't got that this season. So I feel there's a real opportunity where Ange can get on the training ground with the players week upon week, work with them individually, improve them. He's obviously a coach as well, first and foremost, who does produce from what we've seen some mm-hmm. great football. So I'd like to think, <laughs> and again, we've been here before and we'll be there again, that you know, a manager that is good at his job in terms of coaching the players that, as you said, this is a really exciting time again for the football club. You've got a man there, as mm-hmm. you said, I agree with you, does feel, starting to feel like a Tottenham manager again. And I feel, mm-hmm. again, if you can have a really good season in terms of domestically and taking those cups seriously, are going to be getting to a final, winning a cup. God, he would have a lot of time on his hands. So I think, yeah, that's what I would share as being a successful yeah. season with Tottenham. I can see that. I think uh, uh, probably a last thing to say, actually, mm. but to end it on a positive note. Yep. Um, I think that just getting Tottenham fans smiling again at games really would 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 be a Agreed. success, wouldn't it? Uh, Absolutely. Success. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Stopping, stopping the um, the 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 sort of toxic air and the bad blood and, yep. and all that kind of stuff that's been going on mm. for quite a long time between the fans and the club and, you know, players and that, you know, that have not wanted to be there or not worked out and all, and, and just people pulling in, in different directions and, and getting at each other, ending that and, 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 and seeing everybody pull in the right direction, I think should be considered a success, you know, yep. if that happens. I agree. Lol, it's the final and the favourite question that you love on last one, I suppose. I know you yeah. do. Maybe quick, man. The was... lights are going out. I can stand up I... and switch the light on. I'm waiting on that and the last dregs of natural light. It's, the, it's your favourite final one. How many genuine players do you think Spurs will sign in addition to what they've got maybe between now and the end of the window? What do you think? How many? Uh, okay, let's say two centre-halves, maybe two, three. Okay. Are you counting Manuel yeah. Solomon or not? Because that's not quite over the line yet. But Shall we count him? Should we, we count, count him? him? Okay, we count, count him. Manuel, if we're counting Manuel, I would say I would expect to see probably three. Okay, fantastic. Lol, it is always a pleasure. Where can every... Listen, you're, I know you've got annual leave to come, yeah. but listen, that won't mean you're going to be stopping. Where can everybody find the wonderful work you do? Not just on Tottenham, I must say, across a lot of the London clubs, Premier League-wise... And mm-hmm. championship, where can we find the wonderful work you do? For That's what's news, Channel 409, um, on, on SSN, all your Sky subscriptions. Uh, yeah, that's where you can find all, everything I do, or skysports.com. Um, you know, more specifically, the place to go um, on our website is, is the Transfer Centre. Everything goes in there, all our stories, all, you know, all our little bits of information, snips here and there, all the experts, all our reporters, the great work that they do. Um, it all goes in there. Um, and obviously, you know, I, I, yeah, I have a Twitter account, Sky Sports Lyle. Um, that is where um, I put, you know, my stories go there, and I will promote other people's stories there as well. So, you know, and I can, I will sometimes answer people's questions and and respond to people's comments on there if they're nice and polite. Uh, if they're not, then I won't even look at them. Um, so, yeah, 
Or you can catch me on, I guess, the last word on Spurs maybe again at some point. Who knows? That would be lovely. Look, I will check in with you towards the end of the window. I know you're a very, very busy man. There's lots of going on in the transfer window. I must have the busiest times of your summer and January. And you can tell the lights are going out on the poor man. So I must have said a a massive, massive thank you to this. I'm watching audiences open out about three and a half thousand of you that have watched us live across all of our platforms. Thank you so much. I want to say a massive thank you again to the wonderful Lyle Thomas from Sky Sports. We might see Lyle between now and the end of the window if I haven't interrogated him too much. But look, from all of us here, please keep safe, keep well. And as always, come on you Spurs. If you are interested in sponsoring Last Word on Spurs, please get in touch with us directly at our email address, lastwordonspurs at outlook.com. That's lastwordonspurs at outlook.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.